You are now listening to the Go On Them podcast with Soph and G. We're here to bring you the tea on anything and everything from social media, travel and well-being, plus some business stories from us and fab guests along the way. So go on then, pop us in your headphones, pour yourself a cuppa and tune in with us every week as we navigate life together. Welcome back everyone. Welcome. Welcome back to the Go On Then podcast. We're over the halfway mark of season one because we limited it to six episodes for season one. (laughs) And this is now our fourth episode. It is the fourth, yeah. And we are going to delve into the world of being an influencer. We talked a little bit about it last week. We we touched on it. Yeah. And quite a lot of people wanted us to dig a little bit deeper into this. Yeah. We got heaps of DMs and people just wanting to know more and not it was a real mix of people and like the feedback that we were getting on last week's episode because we talked a lot about social media last week for business and for creators and stuff like that and then we lightly mentioned influencers I think last week and this week we thought you know what we're going to go deeper into it because it is a hot topic in the marketing world right now definitely and I think it's a little there's a lot of confusion about what they do, what they get paid, who they are, why they're doing it. You know, all these questions. Yeah, is it a legitimate job? Yeah. What does an influencer actually do? Yeah, so tell us then, what does an influencer do? Well, I... Since you are one. (laughs) (laughs) An influencer. So, like, the point of an influencer and what influencers have done is enabled brands to connect with consumers. That's a great way of putting it. It's clear. That's the whole point of them. People are amassing audiences online and it doesn't matter what your audience size is. I always say this to people. It doesn't matter if you've got 700 people, 700,000 people. You still have an influence over the people that are watching and listening. And now there's subtopics of influence, like micro-influencers, macro-influencers, like celebrity influencers and stuff like that. So you have an audience that are dialed in and tuned into what you are doing. Brands started to recognize that. So they went, you know what? We're going to give you our product and you're going to give it to that audience. That company might never have been able to get to those people. That's the crux of it. When you Google, when you when you Google, <laughs> what Google. is a, yeah, no, like trusty source, what is a social influencer? A social media influencer is someone who has a reputation of authority or expertise Ooh. in a particular area and who uses that authority to engage with large numbers of social media followers. I think that's a bit skewed mm. because I, I don't think it's down to expertise anymore. No, and I think authority is an interesting word to use as well. Yeah. But yeah, okay, all right. So influencer marketing is one of the fasting growing marketing channels and it is not slowing down. So for example, let's say I own a fruit delivery company. So I'm the business owner. I would send you, the influencer, a box of fruit and then you would show it to your followers on your stories, posts. You'd do like a little video of it maybe, depending on what the deliverables are. Yeah. If you're either getting that product for free in exchange for a little bit of content or whether you're getting paid for it, depending on what the deliverables are. Again, usually if you're getting paid for it, there is a structure to it, isn't there? Yeah, definitely. There's definitely a structure, yeah. It's created a collaborative space I think between marketers and people I think it's incredibly powerful I think being an influencer is incredibly powerful and I think as a marketer utilizing influencers is huge it's absolutely massive 92% of total marketers are using social media marketing I mean that's a given right like you must be on social media to market your business in this day and age. And 72% of them are using influencers. Yeah, I'd believe that. And do you know what? Some of the campaigns that I've run with businesses that I've worked with, we've had the most successful ROIs. Yeah. Like we've had the most purchases back from that influencers following which is insane because you can do Facebook ads, you can, you know, do a whole heap of other marketing strategies online. But for me, that's always the most successful way to get a product 
purchased yeah. from a client. Do you offer it to your clients? Like as part of, I know you've got like a real diverse range of clients who you run their social media medias for. Is that part of your strategy? Like, do you say we should implement influencer strategy? Because I do straight away. Yeah, I definitely do. Yeah. It, it kind of, again, it depends on the package for the client, but I always recommend it because it's so hard to grow organically yeah. these days. So, you know, working with someone like an influencer can just help give your brand the push that it needs yeah. to get out to the right demographic. Absolutely, yeah. I've seen, like, exponential growth in my social media clients through influencer marketing. And, yeah, like, one of my clients is an accommodation business, and when I picked the account up, it had 2,000 followers, and it's now got 17,500 followers in less than 18 months because... Our Instagram is solely user, well, we say user-generated, but it, it's generated by the influencers that come and stay, but it looks user-generated to your average Joe, right? Yeah. But it's, it's so, that's our s- social strategy, is influencers, content creators, create me user-generated content that I can push out online, that when people look at our pages they're like oh that's a cool photo I want to go there and recreate that photo and specific to the accommodation sector or like a specific location that is a hundred percent the way to go yeah and you have to start somewhere you've got to build it up because obviously these you know influencers aren't just going to come out of nowhere well they might but you know you've got to approach people and then they'll start to come to you yeah and you can kind of work it into your strategy you can start vetting them yes asking for those media kits vet away finding out about this influencer fun fact for you do you know where influencers originated from not kim kardashian but like (laughs) do you know where like the where influencers originate what platform they originally came from uh is it Vine? It's Vine. It's Vine. All right. I used in to be twi- obsessed with Vine. I know, me too. I remember making Vines with my housemates, you know, in like the era of being like your early 20s and you live with your mates. Yeah. And pre-Snapchat, pre-like anything, kind of pre-Instagram as well, really. Um, and we used to make Vines and be like, nobody's watching. And then we'd go out and they'd be like, oh my God, I saw Rose doing that stupid Vine. And I was like, yeah, I know. I know I know. she did that. She she definitely did. But yeah, 2013. All right. That's where it started. YouTube, people tried to do it on YouTube, but they weren't quick enough to monetize it, mm. which is crazy now because so much money is made on YouTube, YouTube for influencers and vloggers and stuff like that. Do you know what? Now, you, now you're speaking about it. I remember following influencers on Snapchat and this was like way back in the day, but I used to follow, do you know Pepper and Me? Yeah. Yeah. I used to follow Cherie on there, which was super random, but I'm pretty sure that's where like she started sharing what she does now on Instagram. Wow. On Snapchat. And then I remember there was kind of like this period of time where a whole bunch of them were like, we're moving over to Instagram. Like, goodbye. That's so crazy. I was never a Snapchatter. Oh, okay. Yeah, I had it, but then I was forced to delete it. Goes back to toxic relationships. Okay. (laughs) So I never really got on the Snapchat vibe. I was definitely on Vine Mm. and I was definitely on YouTube. I've been obsessed with YouTube since forever yeah, I think it's good it's like kind of my vice I, I love watching vlogs longer form too I really like it too because you yeah. get a little bit of everything you remember the first episode when we were like why did we start a podcast because neither of us yeah. can vlog <laughs> I wish <laughs> I wish we could we'll just leave it to the experts yeah, right that's right <laughs> First up, we would like to say a huge thank you to Logitech for Creators for sponsoring this podcast and providing the gear that we need to bring this to your ears. They've hooked us up with the Blue Yeti microphones and the stream cams to record and stream our first season. And so far, we are absolutely loving it. Check out our Instagram at GoOnThemPodcast for more info about our setup. I think we need to talk about this being an actual job. I think it's quite taboo that people think that influencing isn't a job or is a job. Or is a hobby. Yeah. Is it a hobby? Is it a job? Are they getting paid? Are they just here for free stuff? It's it's a legitimate occupation. And there's so many dimensions to getting paid too, isn't, isn't there? There's like affiliate codes. There's payment from brands for sharing. There's your, your free product that you still have to pay tax on, I think. Is that how it works? Yeah. And, yeah, there's lots of dimensions to get 
that money. Yeah. When somebody was doing some reports on marketing in, in 2022 and like influences and stuff like that, 54% of young people said they would embrace the job given the opportunity, but nobody's going to come to you and say, hey, apply to be an influencer. <laughs> no. Weird, right? Or do people not think that they can do it because, don't know, I, fa- I found that that sentence hard, that embrace it given the opportunity because you create that for yourself. Well, it's like any career, right? You know, like it, you create the opportunities from that career well I think anyway so like you're always going to start off with zero followers with the bottom of the barrel job yeah well that's how I've got to where I am and then you work up to a point you know so the you know that that stat is great but it's you're not just going to be handed the opportunity you've got to work it up you've got to work it to a point where you are successful in it, just like any career. Yeah, so that's why it is a job because yeah. it's it's there's so much work that goes in behind the scenes. Like when I first started and it started to kind of get a bit of traction, I had 700 followers, right? And STA Travel reached out to me and wanted me to do a Milford Sound collaboration and I was like oh my god STA travel this is huge especially in the UK like it was the place to go to book your backpacking trips I was like everyone's gonna know who STA travel is everyone's gonna know who I am (laughs) this is it like I've made it kind of thing no nothing happened nothing happened after that because I in my naive brain thought that it would do the work for me and then when I sat back and assessed why nothing was happening, I was like, because I actually have to go and do this if I want this to be a thing. Yeah. So people saying that it's not a job, influencers are working so hard behind the scenes. And then it goes into how to successfully build a personal brand and what that entails. And why is that different to building a business brand, even though you are a business? Right. I know, I feel like we're really defending the influencer corner today. Mm. But I want to, because I want people to realise how much work it is. And when we speak to our guests soon, you're going to realise how much work goes into it and how she's been so successful in building a brand. Because I think we, we actually said it in last week's episode, because you're selling yourself, not a product, you have to really work on what your brand is so that people don't just tar you with uh, oh she's just an influencer even though that's not a bad thing but it's it's all about creating this um 360 this is who I am this is what I do this is what I stand for this is what my brand is literally just like what a business does yeah yeah and then how how then it goes into how do you make money And you're making money by doing promotions. Or if you're a photographer, you're taking photos, promoting it on your Instagram and also giving those photos to the brand. But the the crux of influencing is reaching an audience for those brands. Like they are basically paying to get to your audience. Because if you've got 60,000 followers, they would never be able to get in front of 60,000 followers. So what do you think makes a good influencer then? Authenticity. But, you know, like authenticity, that word's thrown around so much. Yeah. So what does that mean? I think it's being so true to who you are and unapologetically you and not selling out for money and working. If, if it's if it goes down to like working with brands and stuff, it's working with people that align with you and your values. Yeah, I think that's that's a good a good influencer to me is somebody that's in it more not just in it for the money. Yeah, that's that's the key. Eh? Your money obviously is a, you know, we all need it. Yeah, it's so, a driving factor for a lot of things. Yeah, but it can't be the only reason why you're... It, it's like with any job, right? Yeah. You can, like for us with this podcast, the reason is not money. No. You know, we're doing it because we want, want to do to. something new. It's exciting, it's fun, it's different. Yes. And maybe that's, you know, your reason for trying to be an influencer, whoever's listening. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I hope people that if you are listening and thinking that it is an avenue that you can go down or if you're listening because you follow influencers and stuff, you realise that there's there's more to it behind the scenes. And going back to like building that personal brand, that's where you should start. You should start with who you are as a person and, you know, define your niche. Because you cannot be a jack of all trades. 
Yeah, that's so key because there are niches within influencers. Yeah. Yeah. There's a whole sector of mommy bloggers, hikers, outdoor enthusiasts, sports people, um, makeup, lifestyle. You can fit into... Like, I, if you looked at my page, if you came to my page face value, you'd be like, oh, she loves hiking. She sits in the outdoor space. But then I'm also sponsored by a skincare brand, which you would think that that brand would want to just go and work with lifestyle influencers or makeup influencers and stuff like that. But what they've done is recognise that I'm just a normal human that has skin <laughs> that needs to be looked after. <laughs> and they're tapping into my predominantly female audience regardless if if their audience is following me because they'd like to see what mountains I hike so that's I think yes tap into your niche but also know that you can go to other places as long as it stays true to who you are so speaking of staying true to who you are we have a guest a very special guest our first guest on the podcast yes it wasn't without a little bit of struggle to... Oh. Um, <laughs> well, you know how we constantly refer to the fact that we are podcast novices? <laughs> if that wasn't an example of what the hell are you guys doing, I don't know what was. Yeah, but we did get there. We did get there. In the end. I think we were concerned about the audio. We just wanted the audio to be so good, so we'd Googled, we'd tested, you called me. We had all this stuff set up and we were like, yes, this software works and we're going to be able to see her and it's going to be fantastic. And then we had to resort to Zoom. (laughs) It was was a last resort. It was literally the last resort, but that's what we ended up using. And it worked. It was trustworthy. It was. Was. I yeah. mean, you could thank Zoom for, yeah. you know, really pulling through. Shout out Zoom. <laughs> the final hour. <laughs> so, yeah, we're going to intro our next guest and our first guest. And we're very excited for you to learn all about them and what they do. Quick chat about our sponsors. The epic team at Logitech for Creators is helping bring our podcast dreams to life with the Blue Yeti microphones and the Logitech stream cams. The Blue Yeti microphones are the mics of the internet right now and the stream cam is designed specifically for live streaming. We are so impressed with the functionality and quality of this gear and for two podcast novices, we are stoked to be using this gear for our first season. Okay, guys. We are about to introduce our first ever guest to the potty, and we are very excited. This person is such a light in the influencer space. She's created an incredible brand over the years. She's funny. She's down to earth. She's incredibly real and someone who, if you're not following, you definitely should be. Uh, She's also known as one of the biggest hustlers in the Instagram world, especially in New Zealand. Uh, An absolute powerhouse in the influencer world. A proud brand ambassador for some incredible companies and a girl that clearly takes no shit. Uh, We are here to chat all things Instagram, building a brand and how to maintain a healthy relationship with yourself when you're in the public eye. I've personally been following this person for years. I've known her for years. I'm good friends with her. I absolutely adore her. I listen and watch and consume all the content that she produces. And she's got some exciting things happening. You know, she's the owner operator of, of New Zealand's newest candle brand. She's newly married. She's a dog mom. And she's a genuine ray of sunshine on and off screen. So without further ado, we are going to welcome our first guest. Welcome Ellie from Loving Ellie's Belly to the podcast. Hi. Oh my gosh, that was probably the best intro I think I've ever had. <laughs> really? I loved it. I loved Yay. it. I didn't send it you on purpose because I didn't want you to be like, yep, that's me. <laughs> that's me. Gotta play that before I go to bed every night. Yeah. <laughs> All those words of affirmation. Um, yeah. We're going to crack straight in because I really want people to get deep and get to know you. So, okay. first things first, tell us about Ellie. Ellie now fits Gerald. Very exciting. Yeah. Congratulations. I would Thank just like you. to interrupt quickly. Ellie, yes. we have a common thing between us that you may not be aware of. We share oh. the same wedding day. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, we do. Oh, let's go. And it's actually yeah. the same wedding day as my parents and Brett's parents. <gasps> oh, my wow. God. That's so I know. special. I know. Look at a special go. day. <laughs> that is so cool. 
Um, no. Okay, so back, so back to me. Sorry. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, so yeah, first things first. Tell us, tell us about Ellie. Who is she? Like, where did she come from? And for those who don't know you, what is your account all about? Well, okay, yeah. So my name's Ellie, um, and I'm from Christchurch, New Zealand. And my page, well, it's been one hell of a ride, hasn't it? It's been about eight probably nine years now that I've been putting myself in the public eye. And it's kind of, I would say the majority of my content is about self-love and body confidence. And then a lot of the rest is just like life, just life in general. I try and keep and share everything that I do about my life and put it online, the goods and the bads, the ugly and the hots and the everything in between. And yeah, I've been doing it for probably about eight, nine years now. And I love it. Absolutely love it. That's so long. Like in the influencer world, that's like a long time to be online. Yeah, I'm like, has Instagram even been around that long? But then I'm like, wow, I'm actually quite old. Yes, 10 years. Yeah. Yeah, Well, I started originally on Facebook. Oh, Oh, really? Yeah, it was Facebook and I had a blog, um, like a web page blog, and it was all Facebook. I didn't have Instagram. And then this, I did like a take the piss video because all my videos are take the piss. I don't like to be serious where I was eating KFC chicken wings on an exercise machine and it was to the song you know I don't give a fuck I don't give a fuck (laughs) (laughs) and I was just totally taking the piss and it got put onto Unilad which is like the worst page ever to get shared on it's got millions of viral things isn't it yeah and it was just full of men that just hate a confident curvy woman. It just went crazy on there, but with like lots of hate. And it was the weirdest experience ever. Like, honestly, the comments were so bad. I just started dating Brett and we were reading the comments and they were like, I wouldn't even F her if she had a plastic bag on her head. Her ass looks like two deflated balloons. Um, Like just feral comments about my body size. And I was like, I don't know if I can handle Facebook anymore. So I just went to Instagram. (laughs) Let's move platforms. This is not allowed. (laughs) What the heck? That's so crap. I know. It was really weird. So what was the turning point for you then where like your platform became a business for you? I would definitely probably say when I was on Instagram for about a year and I started to get approached by brands of course Eamon was the first one I mean what influencer hasn't worked with Eamon (laughs) (laughs) me (laughs) yeah (laughs) you're fine Soph don't join on in Um, you'll get there Sophie you'll get there girl don't worry that's when you know you've made it yeah (laughs) (laughs) right but um yeah that was probably like my first sort of paid quote-unquote collab where I would make commission on sales that I would make for them and that was really early on the piece on Instagram and I thought okay this could sort of become something and then it just sort of grew from there really authentically and just organically grew and brands would come forward and I'd be like yes or no and yeah it just grew from there now it's become basically a full-time business. Wow and so do people do they email email you or did it start off with DMs or like how did it kind of... (laughs) Yeah, you know, back in the day, I feel like people would DM. Yeah, it was yeah. all about the DMs and they'd be like, oh, we want to, like back then it was real, like, oh, we want to send you one piece of crop top or something and you yeah. create 52,000 images <laughs> and yeah. 500 stories. And I was like, yep, I'll do it because I thought that was Free like, crop top, yes. Yeah, I'm like, $20 crop top for like seven hours work, yes. <laughs> oh, oh, it's so It's so hard when you first start though, isn't it, like, how to oh. how to navigate that, especially when it's so new. I mean, the the industry was new back then as well. So it yeah. was navigating that as an influencer, but also like as a business, what kind of the right and wrong was. Yeah. There was no yeah. guidelines, no guidelines, no guidelines at all. Um, no. In terms of like working, so you've got your work life that you put online, um, like the brands that you work with and stuff, and then your personal life. Mm-hmm. How do you draw the line between authenticity and oversharing? Oh, I think I've definitely struggled with that the last, especially probably the last eight months. It's been the busiest eight months in terms of the influencing side of things where I've got a lot of work and I am so appreciative of that, but trying to post my organic authentic content yeah. in between that. So I'm not just add, add, add. And for a yeah. while there, I was just like this walking billboard 
And then I just got a bit too consumed in it. And I wasn't because my time in between that was just me sitting at my computer doing work. I didn't, I wasn't going out and like doing fun things to create organic content in between. So navigating that was quite hard, but I think I've kind of got that into a good place now where yeah. I don't care what I post in between. If it's a picture of my freaking dog or the sky or something, I'll just post it to sort of break yeah. up um, and keep things yeah, authentic and real in between my ad stuff as well. You do that really well. Yeah, I was just going to say, I feel like you've got a really good balance on your account. I, I like following your stories mostly because yeah, I like seeing like pictures of your dog. And- same, but I'm also like into the reels where... I think it goes back to that, like, you don't give a shit what people yeah. think and you're just so unapologetically you. And that to me is more authentic than those moments that we see in between life, you know? Yeah. Like that, because yeah. it, it's so you. Yeah. No, over um, lockdown, I think that was where my page grew quite a bit because we were obviously just trapped at home and I was bored. And when I'm bored, I created like probably some of my best content. It was yeah. where I just ripped into myself. I didn't care what I was putting out there. I wanted to be a real good, like, I wanted people to scroll across my page, especially over that really scary time. And have a smile on their face and I need to get back into doing more of those fun videos for sure because that was so much fun to create as well. Do you think that's where your success lies with getting collaborations and stuff because people see that kind of content and they're like, we want her take on our brand like because you're creating content that nobody else is really creating. Yeah, I think it definitely helps for sure. Like I remember... um, it was, I think this was just after lockdown and um, what's the Milky Way kid? Oh yeah, what's, what, the Milky Bar kid. Yeah, the Milky Bar kid. They, um, that company reached out to me and wanted me to create one of my funny Nestle. videos. Yeah. <laughs> just, <laughs> just Nestle, no, just, no big just deal. Just Nestle, not the Milky Bar kid himself. Actual What's Nestle. It? Actual Nestle. If only it was the actual Milky Bucket. I mean, that would be right. a dream. <laughs> they wanted me to create like a funny video to try and get people to audition to be the next Milky Bucket. And I was like, that's cool because I can be myself and be a complete dork in, in, in an ad campaign. And that was just like a real fun moment for me. Yeah, that's so good. Love that. Yeah. So, so what would be your favorite campaign ever then? Ellie and yes you have to tell us (laughs) (laughs) it probably would it would even be that one that was a lot of fun because the brief to that was super flexible I could just be me and they loved it so that was cool another one it's hard isn't it when you've done so many (laughs) I know I'm trying to think like ones that are oh Fiji that would probably of course yeah I did see that insane yeah I was just gobsmacked when that came through. I was like, you want to send me to Fiji? Like, I'm not a travel influencer, but I'm gone. <laughs> yeah, but then, like, think you're not a travel influencer, but you are an influence and you're, an, you're, you're a normal person. And, like, think about the people that follow you. They're probably the same age around, I don't know what your demographic is, but I would imagine yeah. that it's a similar age to you. And they're the yeah. kind of people that would be booking a holiday to Fiji. So smart marketing from Tourism Fiji. Yeah, yeah, very much. It was really right. good. And it was just, oh, that was probably like the best. And I would love to do more travel ones because we can still do our business when we're away. So it doesn't impact on work. Um, and then we get to travel. Oh, like the, the dream, yeah, right? That's the idea. I know. Absolute dream. So, you know, with these campaigns that you do, you probably, you get Brett to help you out a little bit with, with some of them. Like, you you know, he oh. tagged along. Full yeah. and shame <laughs> to Fiji, honestly. <laughs> but how does Brett, like, what does Brett think about you sharing so much of your life online? Like, is he kind of comfortable with it? Does he kind of like not want to, does he not want to be shared much online? Like, what does he sort of feel about it? He hates social media, absolutely <gasps> hates it and despises it. And he, if I put him on, like, he's actually quite funny, but he doesn't let me share his funny side because every time I put it on, he's like, get me off, get me off. I don't want to be online. And I'm like, but you're actually really hot and funny. Like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> give the people what they want. Yeah, give the people what they want. But, yeah, when we first started dating and I always got, like, a little bit awkward being like, oh, you know, 
I'm, I post my life online. It's kind of an awkward conversation to have with someone when you start dating them. And at that point I was sharing every aspect of my life, like from sex stories to like every single detail of my life I was featuring and it was quite a lot. I probably did a bit too much oversharing, but when I told him, he was like, okay, like that's cool. You do you, but I don't want to be involved in your page. And I was like, oh, well, how the hell is that going to work? Cause I've shared every other part of my life, but I've just had that, I guess that respect with each other where I like to overshare. He likes to be private and we meet in the middle ground with it. But it's really interesting because both our businesses are social media based. So he kind of has to, he has to get over it really. (laughs) I mean, surely he's not like, he must be over it already. You're married. Yeah. Like (laughs) come a long way. (laughs) You're in there now. Yeah. He's trapped. (laughs) Yeah. He's done so well on, your other business. Do you want to tell us about your other business? ABL Candles. Yeah. I'd love to hear about it. It's been really interesting because we're in our third year of business. We managed to crack the two-year mark. If you can get through your second year of business, especially during like a, re- what do you call it? Like a recession. A recession. COVID. Yeah. Pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> oh, like that has been the hardest. We launched right when COVID hit and we were like, what have we done? Like this has just been petrifying, but We managed to push through. We've got a team of four of us now. And yeah, I'm really proud of where we've come to. It's really hard. Like business is so hard. Um, But we are very fortunate that we've got both our parents are really driven people. So we've got a lot of good advice from them. And Brett is like designed to be a business person. Like he's just so good. I'm just a little creative mind behind it where I'll market it and do some things. But he is like, numbers game he's so good at it so it's been a definite test for our marriage for sure like yeah. <laughs> to get a 24 7 wow yay <laughs> yeah. yeah i love it yeah. i love seeing it all come to life and just ha- the evolution of it i remember when you first started and brett was like pouring candles at home and then yeah. you got like a container and you were doing it out of a container and now you've got like a full-on like warehouse I know it's just so like we literally started when we were flatting in Queenstown on the element in our flat in Queenstown pouring like six candles at a time and we were like oh my gosh six candles and then we went to the container and we're like whoa 50 and now we're like shit we really need a bigger space well done that's so good yeah that's awesome we're about to jump in to the kind of not the taboo maybe a bit of the taboo side of instagram and Mm. being an influencer so we're going to ask you some real dedicated influencer questions how do you right so influencing is a legitimate job right Mm. you make good money from it Mm -hmm. how do you tackle the world online having such a great account and a big account how do you navigate like what to charge and who to work with because I think people that look from the outside in will be like oh influencers are only in it for free stuff or they're Mm -hmm. only doing it for money and they'll work with anyone and it's kind of like there's so much more that goes in behind the scenes that people don't see yeah how do you navigate that like you want to make money because it's obviously your job but how do you know what to charge and who to work with I think the last year I've really learned I guess the nitty-gritty of what to charge because I now have to pay obviously tax GST ACC everything that's why a lot of the time people don't see that part of it that it is a legitimate business and we have all the business stuff that we have to pay for so when we charge out something we have to take into account all of those costs as well. But in the last year, I've been signed with an agency and that's been the best thing for me because I'm a real people pleaser and I really, I love helping as many people as I can. And every time a small business, especially would message me, I'd want to promote their product because I'd want to help them. But then I was just ended up so overworked and I wasn't being able to put in my authentic, organic content in between because I was just trying to promote all these brands, wanting to help them but not realizing that this is work. So the agency has really helped me like navigate how, like who I should work with, what I should charge, what to say no to. And it's okay to say no to certain brands as well. Um, And just help me understand that this is legit and I have to treat Loving Ellie's Belly as a business. So they've definitely helped me. And now anytime I get someone offer 
you know, want to work with me. I fought it to the agency and they'll go and do the negotiations between them. I'm not that awkward person being like, okay, I'll do it for 50 bucks when really yeah. it's like <laughs> work, work involved. They, it's like they, they do the hard yards for me and then they'll send me the signed contract. I'm like, cool, it's done. So it's, they've definitely helped and agency has been the best thing. Otherwise you can end up so caught in the middle of wanting to work with everyone and everything. Um, I can yeah. I can imagine that being really hard. Like if, if I was an influencer, which I'm not, I would want to help all the like small businesses, you know, mm. I'd be like, yes, send me that drink bottle, you know, um, yeah. I'll promote your t-shirt. Like, yes, because I bet they kind of not, they don't, probably don't give you like a heart wrenching story, but they're probably like, can you please like, we really do. appreciate it. They do. Yeah. They do. Oh. And I understand from us being a small business, like whenever we get someone, we've had a few influencers that have brought our product and then post it. And I'm just like, I love it because I just can't express how much it means to a small business when anyone helps get your word out. Um, But yeah, sometimes you do get like a little bit of a sob story with certain brands and you're like, you have to understand that this also is my time and my business as well. So trying to navigate that can be hard. But also small businesses have been the best to work with over big yep. brands. Like they will pay their invoices on time. They're so much more like flexible with the work where big brands, I find the worst to work with personally. I um, can relate yeah. to that. Yeah. Relate. Yeah. Get that. Yeah. It's really, yeah. They don't, like, they won't pay. I've had like a massive clothing company that I worked with a few years ago. I did so much work for them for it. Um, it was it was literally like 250 bucks, which is very, very low rates for the amount of work that I'd done. And it took them six months to pay me. Oh, stop so, it. Yeah. And I was just like, oh my gosh, are you kidding me? Like, it, it, oh, it was so awkward. And I didn't have an agency at that point. So I was like sending those awkward emails like, hey, yeah, just, a, just a reminder. reminder. $200. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, so what do you think personally makes a good influencer? And why do you think you in particular, this is going to need a little bit of self-reflection. Okay. Been <laughs> so successful you know, in this space. I think in a world full of influencers, because everyone in their own way is an influencer, um, regardless of following, I think what makes a good influencer is just being you. I think a lot of people get caught up in trying to be an influencer, trying to be someone they're not. And I think a lot of people can see through that now. So just being you and who you are, stand by your morals, only promote things that you actually generally would use or believe in and people in your audience will see that and they'll want to support you when you get like a bigger deal or you work with a brand that they've seen you you know promote all the time and just being you I think truly is the the biggest thing and there's been so many times in my my career now of being an influencer where I've fell into that trap of being like oh my gosh I need to change who I am I'm not I'm not the mold of what I think an influencer should be. And I've tried to change and people see that they'll message me yeah. and be like, what are you fucking up to bro? Like, yeah. you are, <laughs> like I've worked with a brand before that I never should have worked with. And my followers called me out for it. And I'm so appreciative that they did because I got stuck into this hole of being like, I need to promote everything. And I worked with this brand that was totally against my morals and I got called out for it perfectly called out like in a really respectful way I apologize to everyone and it was the biggest lesson I've learned and I sometimes think maybe we each need to go through that to pull us back into line to realize who we are and what we're about totally agree awesome um how do you maintain a healthy relationship with yourself when you're in the public eye that's a good one it's a hard one it is because I think in the last year I have received the most hate I've ever received in the eight, nine years of me doing it. And that's been really hard on me because I am such an empath. I want everyone to like me, even though I know not everyone's going to, but I just want everyone to like me. Um, So for a while there, it got really dark and I just, I've, I've never had depression in my life until this point for the, it was about three months when I was just the most saddest person. It was just not me. And my whole family noticed it. Brett was like, you really need to go and speak to someone. And I think the biggest thing for me to help 
me navigate this world was going to the doctor and he put me on antidepressants and anti-anxiety pills and it's been the best thing for me I used to have a bit of a like "Mm, I'm not going on pills I don't need them that awful stigma about it but now I'm like if you need to go on them go on them and it's helped me just balance this world it's a very crazy world the online world and I just feel more balanced in myself and just taking steps back to realize that I am a good person. I can't control what people are going to say about me and I'm only doing my best and just trying to remind myself of that. It can help me get through the dark side of social media. Okay. Good girl. Cause that's amazing. That's yeah. Good on you for for going and and chatting to someone because I can't, I'm I'm an empath. I can't imagine um, having that many people having opinions about something that I did online. Like it would just, overwhelm me so much yeah. so yeah it's hard for people like me that follow you and I know you personally like away from the gram as well like that it just breaks my heart that people I mean I know people have probably voiced their opinions too but I just sometimes want to be like don't do that like this like, just unfollow and leave like if you're not happy just go somewhere else yeah but then again it goes back to what you just said about that's the dark side of Instagram is that people have this veil and like a screen to protect them and they just think that they can say whatever they like so following on from that what would be your best piece of advice for people following influencers then oh I think I think the best part like for me how I do it is I've got I know what can trigger me if I see something online like naturally we will all come across something online and it can deflate us it can make us feel insecure or just be like oh what the fuck I'm not doing good or I don't look like that it's just natural what we do and I know what can trigger me so I just do not follow or don't engage with anything or any pages that I know will pop up and bring me down I'm really aware of who I follow I want positive people that will make me feel good when I scroll through my feed not make me lay in bed in the morning like at my ugliest you know when you're laying in bed looking like <laughs> shit you're scrolling through the gram and you come across some hot bitch that is like <laughs> so hot in the morning and I think oh that's not that's not what I look like in the mornings and then you instantly you've started your day being in a hole yeah yeah yeah, yeah. can relate so to just that for to, sure yeah try to avoid those types of pages I think definitely helps and if you feel triggered by some someone it's so okay to not follow them anymore. Like I've got yeah. that I love in real life, but their pages may be quite triggering. So I won't follow their page, but I love them as a person. I just, I just find their page triggering. So that's okay. Um, yeah. Do it for your own mental health. True. That's a really good point, actually. Following, you may, you may love someone in real life, but you might find their page triggering. I hadn't thought of it like that. I've before. got one of those. I've got one of those um, accounts that I often look at and I'm like, I go back, I don't follow it because I don't like the content at the moment, but I still go on because I like to watch their stories and stuff. But then I just can't follow it because I don't know what mood I'm going to be in if it just flicks up on my phone. Um, But I'm still supporting them from afar. I just, I just had to get out of there because it was, yeah, like you say, it's triggered. Um, Yeah. And that's totally okay to do. Yeah, completely. Again, like we always say, like, it's your house, like decorate it how you like, you know, yeah. you, your feed is like your house. So you've got to be liking the stuff you're looking at. Like you wouldn't put an ugly piece of furniture in your kitchen and be like, ugh, every time you exactly. saw it, so you know, don't do it on your phone. I also yeah. think it's like about people not really realizing how certain things make them feel like not being fully in tune with themselves though, you know, yeah, like yes. just scrolling Instagram being like, they're feeling like shit but they're not sure what's making them feel like shit and it's the it's the content that they're consuming yeah true so yeah just identifying that too um we have been so incredibly grateful for your time today and coming onto our podcast as our first ever guest um and we thought we would finish with some quick never have i ever yes let's get dirty Okay, well, I mean, it's not, okay. we need to, maybe I need to change the, change the questions. Okay, sorry, we're not at a hint. I'm just kidding. Yeah, we're not at a hands party. This is, this is kind of linked to Instagram and influencing. Okay. So sorry to disappoint if everybody was going to find out about Ellie's sex life. Um, so never have I ever bought followers. Never. Good girl. I don't even know how, how, do how people do that. I know, but it's a thing. People do it. It is a thing. 
And it's so obvious when people do, you can see it, but at least that's a topic for another day. But nope, never. <laughs> Good. Never have I ever hated a product I've shared. Uh, do I say, ev- no, yes, I have. You have? Yes. I put a finger down. That was the brand that I got called out for. Okay. Okay. Good girl. Honesty is good. Have you ever been stalked by someone online? Yes. (gasps) Interesting. I I have. (laughs) Also, like, (laughs) the the hard thing about putting your life publicly online, right? Never have I ever shared something I've instantly regretted. And not, not so much in the brand space, but have you ever just shared something and gone, oh, shit, shouldn't have done that? Yes. Yeah, lots of times when I was definitely quite the oversharer, I would share things and think, oh, that was probably a bit too far. <laughs> now, damn it. Okay, so then this leads into the next one. Never have I ever deleted a post on my Instagram because it got low engagement. Yes, I have. 100%. Have? Yeah. Yep, I have where I've posted something and thought, I think it was, I think I've done it like a couple of times and it's probably selfies that just haven't popped off. And I'm like, oh, fuck, so you're, you thought you were hot, Nat, and it didn't go well. I'm just going to delete it. I look like a dick, so. <laughs> I mean, if you remove it, then nobody could call you out. And it's normally your mates. Like it would be your mate being like, take that down. You, yeah. it's not good. It's, it's normally Brett. He is so honest with me on some things where like I could post something or say something. He'll be like, what the fuck was that? And I'm like, oh my gosh, I thought I looked good. Or like I thought, and he was like, Alec, no, like stop. And I'm like, oh my God, he's, he's just so honest with me. I'm like, I need that honesty, but maybe a little bit kinder. Yeah. And then are you like, do you still love me? Do you, are we still married? <laughs> Am I still hot? Yeah. <laughs> Tell me I'm more pretty. So good. Um, yeah. Okay, well, we're going to let you get on with your probably incredibly busy day. Um, wow. I would just want to say thank you again for being here and being such a light in the industry. And again, being unapologetically you because we love it. We stand it. We think you're fantastic. Thank you so much for having me, guys. I love it. I'm so excited to see where your podcast goes. Thank have you. me on again and we can do a dirtier Never Have I Ever. <laughs> oh, season, season two? Season two, yeah. Season two? <laughs> okay. Dirty Never Have I Ever with Ellie. Okay. okay. Maybe yeah. you should come to the Instagram and tell us if you want us to get into the nitty gritty of Ellie's oversharing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll delve into the past. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Thank you so much, honey. We'll speak to you soon. Before we leave you, we just want to shout out our season one sponsors, Logitech for Creators. As you know, we are currently recording on the Blue Yeti microphones and using the Logitech stream cams to create content for our socials. You can check out the gear on our Instagram and if you have any questions, please fire them through and we will answer them in next week's episode. Wow. Our first interview's done. It was done. It was so good. It was more of a casual chat. Yeah. Like, how good is Ellie, though? Just such a light. Do you know what's interesting? Because I've never met her in real life, but oh. I've followed her online for a long time. But she's exactly as what I was expecting. Yeah, and but she's exactly that in real life as well. Yeah. She's funny. And she's down to earth. You have, like, you know that when you see her and you're going to hang out with her. You just know you're in for a good time yeah. all the time. Like, she's bloody brilliant. Yeah, awesome, awesome girl. So thanks so much, Ellie. We really, really appreciate it. All righty. So now we're going to head into the DMs. Oh, the DMs yeah. again. Our segment that just sort of turned into a segment. I know. I love it. Organically. Do you yeah. know what somebody did say to me the other day for season two? Yes, that is correct, guys. We are prepping for season two. Holy heck. I know. Holy heck. <laughs> Exciting. Um, <laughs> They said that you should do a dilemmas section too. So like not just DMs, not just questions, as in like people can legit just send through to the DMs, but like I've got a dilemma. Like, oh, and then we weigh in. Yeah, someone the okay. other day said, oh my God, I'm like, do I go to this thing with my ex? And I was like, you want my advice? And she was like, honey, I need your advice. And I was like, oh, okay, sweet. And I was like, how funny would that be if people were actually sending that to us and we weighed in on their dilemmas? <laughs> that would be good. That's a good... Because you're the yeah. voice of reason and I think I'm a bit of a devil. <laughs> I feel like I would be the one that'd be like, yes, go. I'm like, get drunk. Oh. And I feel like you would be like, no. 
be mature. Mm. <laughs> yeah, oh, it'd be interesting. We should do that. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll let's, poll we'll you. Talk about it for yeah, season two for sure. Okay, so so let's just crack into it. Well, the DMs this week were your opportunity to ask anything about influencing, and we were either going to ask them to Ellie or you're going to ask them to me. Yeah, because. I mean, if you haven't already realised, Soph's an influencer. How many times have we said that on this Hashtag. podcast? Hashtag influencer. Alrighty. So, Brie wants to know, if you had to choose one thing or a couple, what would you put your Instagram success down to? I would say probably consistency. I think consistency and quality content. Nice. Rather than just pushing out, you know, I could have probably jumped on all the trending reels that are going around at the moment and start pushing all that content out and, you know, pushing a reel out every day. But I'm like, I would much rather wait and film or shoot something of high quality and post less often, and but, but also consistently. Like, I try and post three times a week. I'm really active on my stories at least five times a week. Yeah. So I think that is probably the key to my success is that, people feel like they have enough of a handle on me and enough of a insight into my life and I never really disappear yeah you know how some people post 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 and then they just step they're back gone. and they're like oh no I'm not going to post for two months yeah. or, or I you know I, the only time I've really been away from my socials is if I've been away on holiday like in Nepal and stuff and you know you can't get to your phone but yeah don't just sly off into the background nice okay and what is your long-term goal with Instagram life will you do it forever you know what I think this is such an open-ended question for anybody that works online I don't know I don't know if I'm going to do it forever there might be a natural close to my channel and it's like that you're done you're out not because I've done something like completely absurd or whatever but it might just not feel right to keep sharing but what I have actively and consciously tried to do is take people with me in all aspects of my life so as much as I lean into the outdoor space I will also try and incorporate incorporate that lifestyle side of my life into my Instagram and stuff you know like building a house and when we got married and you know one day if we're lucky enough to start a family or something like that I would like to incorporate that and I feel like your audience grows and moves with you so I don't know I don't think I will ever be outdated because I share such a variety of things but there might be a time where I stand and go I don't want to do this anymore it's interesting you say that because I think there's sort of like a bit of a shift at the moment particularly in the um, mum influencer space where people are not they're choosing not to share certain parts of information there are people that have shared their kids names online their kids faces and now they're sort of calling them just by the first letter of their name yeah and they're they're removing any content with their face yeah on it. and that was never a thing back in the day no. you know it's kind of weird now that I think about it like if I saw you know an influencer with their kids out I know you know I know those kids names I know their ages yeah. I know you know and a lot of people try and hide like where they go to school or yeah get which that. is that's good a safety for, thing for right? privacy yeah but that is kind of that is something that's starting to happen which is yeah interesting and I guess you don't know till you're in that situation no, I think but. it's definitely a conversation that you need to have with you know if you've got another half like Robbie's kind of quite uh not private I mean he is a very private person he never really shows up on my Instagram unless he's aware of it like I would never secretly film him or like put the phone on without telling him that I'm gonna film a story but he's quite like funny about the house sometimes he's like that's still our home yeah and right. I'm like no I know that and I and I completely understand that but it's part of like what I do for a job is to share parts of my life so I you know there was I'm like ask me anything about the house and do like story sets and stuff like that and people are like oh share your house plans and I'm like no like I would never do that and I now I'm conscious of how Robbie feels so I won't be doing a full house tour yeah I will show you elements of my house I will show you room by room but I won't be walking you around it and being like oh my god look how amazing it is it's different when you're building because people can't actually picture what the finished product is but when it's finished I think I'm consciously going to only share snippets of it even for me you know like on my my work Instagram I don't share 
with any exterior of my house. I don't share sort of like any surrounds near my house. Yeah. Not because I've got millions of followers and I'm worried that they're all going to like come knocking on my door, but just purely for my own privacy and the privacy of Russ. I don't, people don't need to know what the exterior of my house looks like. They don't need to know what my car looks like. No. I, I keep all that stuff offline purely for our privacy and same with you with our new house you know I've shared very little and I'm very strategic about what windows I share you know anything that's street facing I'm kind of like I won't share that from inside the house just in case people can pick up on where we are. See I've definitely already done that. (laughs) But but not not much like I can't recall seeing like I wouldn't be able to tell I know where you live. Yeah. <laughs> but like, so creepy. But like, I wouldn't be able to tell from the outside, no. from your Instagram stories. It's weird when stuff like this comes up in your life and, or, you know, like in, and you are somebody that shares so publicly online, it does make you stop and reevaluate and assess what you're willing to put out. But yeah, so I don't, <laughs> going back. Yeah. Yeah, I, anyway. Yeah. And tangent, so classic Sophie tangent. I don't know what my plans are it is just to keep going like by trade I'm a photographer so that will never stop yeah but yeah don't know nice who knows okay on to the last question we will do today what is one part of your job you wished you did more of and one you wish you never had to do again and this is in relation to influencer work um I wish I didn't have to negotiate so hard with payment Oh, really? Mm. Really? The thing that I find hard is that I know what I'm worth and I know what my audience is worth and I know how long it takes me to create content and what the value is. Maybe it goes back to working on both sides, like I'm also a marketer. So I understand what value they're getting out of it and and it's really um, disheartening when you put a price in and people are like, no. What I would rather happen is people come to me and say, this is the amount of money we've got. What do we get for that? Rather than, because it ch- it's just draining. So I yeah. wish I didn't have to negotiate so hard. Um, so that's the thing that I wish I never had to do again. Um, the one thing that I wish I did more of, I would rather work with less companies more often. Yeah, nice. So be like ambassadors for particular companies companies that you kind of like exclusively work for which I do like I'm exclusively a glow lab ambassador so I don't take any of the skincare in but I don't I I don't want to because glow lab's so fantastic and it works so well for my skin anyway and you know I work with GoPro so I would never work with a competitor um camera brand uh, action camera brand and I work with Jayco so that's my camper van life but I I wish it was kind of more of a norm that, I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say. I feel like I'm maybe trying to say, I wish everybody got 10 brands a year and that's who you work with. Yeah, right. You know, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. That would never happen. But then also, I absolutely, a counter argument to that is I absolutely adore and love the variety that comes into my inbox. Yeah. Sometimes some of the stuff that's in my inbox, I'm like, whoa, that is wild. That is crazy. And it also allows me to be super, super creative because stuff comes through and they're like, hey, this is the product. What do you want to do with it? And I'm like, ah. So, yeah, it's kind of hard because I lo- I'm a people pleaser. So I love when people come into my inbox. I'm like, yes, want to work with you. I want to do that. But it's also super time consuming. So I'm like, do do I want to do more of that or less of that? It's hard. It's a battle. It's an internal battle. Yeah. Nice. Well, that's a good answer. I can definitely see how that would be more ideal to work with. It would it'd be great to just work with a select few brands. Yeah. But on a high level. Yeah. Yeah. But also that that um variety is nice cuz it gives you flexibility, it gives it's you a exciting. bit more freedom. It's exciting. It's like when you get a new client, right? Yeah. And you start working with them and you're like, "Oh, this is great." You never know what's coming into your inbox. I think that's the that's one of the most exciting things about being a influencer or a content creator you never know what's coming yeah sometimes I real chuckle to myself I reckon I should do a series on like recording my those emails that come through and be like Whoa, or like Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> it's so weird oh <laughs> uh, well that was pretty deep about the influencing world eh oh that was very deep we delved deep yeah. I feel like we've covered this off now yeah it was pretty good well. really yeah. good and I'm um, super stoked again that Ellie could join us and it kind of leads into our next episode episode five yeah 
what the heck? How are we at episode five nearly? I know. Um, Next week, we're going to be talking about women in business. That's us, guys. That's us, two women. Yeah. If we didn't already specify, obviously we run this podcast, but we also have a business or businesses of our own as well. So we... This podcast is just a side hustle, really. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this podcast is just something we do for fun yeah. every Wednesday. Yeah. And we love it. Um, yeah. But yeah, next week we're going to delve into um, being a woman in business and what that means to us. Specifically. Specifically. Very excited. Cool. So we really hope you enjoyed this episode. We were stoked to have Ali on. She is so great and was our perfect first guest. Yeah. It was our ideal first guest. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. ideal. So funny. Yeah. Um, and yeah, just a big thank you again to everybody that's tuning in every Wednesday. It's, it's We are so grateful and we get very warm hearts when you share and save and DM us and, you know, follow us or rate it on Spotify or whatever. We hope you all have a fantastic week. It's hump day. It's hump day. Yeah. We'll see you next Wednesday at 9am. Yeah. See you then. See you guys.